I'm Douglas Brush, and you're listening to Cybersecurity Interviews. Cybersecurity Interviews is the weekly podcast dedicated to digging into the minds of the influencers, thought leaders, and individuals who shape the cybersecurity industry. I discover what motivates them, explore their journey in cybersecurity, and discuss where they think the industry is going. The show lets listeners learn from the experts' stories and hear their opinions on what works and doesn't in cybersecurity. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of Cybersecurity Interviews. In this episode, we're speaking with Andrea Robertson. Andrea is a product manager at Centrify Corporation, where she directs the product roadmap for Centrify Privileged Access Service. She was previously a technical support engineer at the company for almost two years and has held several engineering and support roles during her career, including at Google and Apple. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in Computer Science from Spelman College, where she was a member of the National Society of Black Engineers, the Association for Computer Machinery, and Spellbots. In this episode, we discuss working with product teams remotely, moving from IT to information security, securing remote access, diversity and inclusion in cybersecurity, mentoring others, self-care and mental health, new threats due to COVID, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thanks for listening. All right, Andrea, thanks for joining me in Cybersecurity Interviews. How are you today? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. And we were just talking you know, before we hit record about you know the, the adjustment to uh, to remote work. How has that been treating you? Oh, you know, it's been actually very well for me. I spent quite a few years uh, working at my current company as a consultant. So I was kind of used to remote and traveling to clients or customers. Um, but as I transitioned to product management last year, I've been doing a lot of um, on-site and or coming to the office maybe once a week. So now that I'm really at home at home, uh, it's a little bit different interacting with my engineering teams, but it's still productive and I actually probably more productive uh, not having to commute, which would be normal for me once a week. So. Gotcha. How do you, <laughs> how do you primarily uh, communicate with the engineering teams now? Is it, you know, Slack, Zoom, all of the above? <laughs> all of the above. Um, so my engineering teams have daily scrum meetings. I try to join as often as possible on Zoom. Uh, so I try to join those. We communicate over Slack. We have one-on-ones over Zoom. Um, a lot of email back and forth as well. Um, we do even sometimes emergency call over Slack um, or even cell phone. So depending on what's going on, you know, and how fast we want to get to a person, it might be a phone call all the way to an email, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like, it's always that weird thing when you see your phone ring, like, uh-oh, why is somebody calling me and not just hitting me up on yeah. Slack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except when you have a conversation and you have three or four Slack messages and you're like, we should have just called. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you kind of get into the field to kind of talk about your growth and, and to where you got to today? Well, it's kind of interesting because I got to cybersecurity by accident completely, 100%. Um, I really started off my career um, wanting to be a software engineer, uh, but I, I graduated in 09 in the recession with my bachelor's in computer science. And so it was really difficult. I didn't have uh, any internships specifically with that type of experience. So I kind of landed in an IT role and from there got into cybersecurity by poaching, really, <laughs> recruiter poaching. <laughs> 
that 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 always works. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you know? You know, and within that journey, like, what was some of the key things that you look for when you're transitioning from maybe more than just the IT IT tech specialist to cybersecurity? Was there a particular area that drew you to cyber? Right. Um, I think you know I entered into a role where. I was working in IT department, but the IT department was specific to physical, global, and um, uh, investigative security um, for a large company. So uh, I kind of ended up in a niche in IT because normal IT didn't work in this specific department and and support these uh, users. So from there, you know, I kind of got a little bit of interest in security in general, access security, security cameras, um, physical physical security is something I've actually been in, physical meaning, you know, actually walking on site and manufacturing plants. I've been in that I was 18 years old because I got out of high school. So I've always kind of been in security, but not have ever really thought about it being my future um, until, you know, a recruiter, you know, contacted me to join Centrify and look at their products. And I saw that, you know, Centrify had a, not only cybersecurity, which is a growing, amazing field that has longevity forever, but also, you know, they had cloud products, they had on-prem products, and they had multiple different products in different aspects of access security and identity management, which was exciting to me at the time and still is actually. So. Yeah. So what are some of the current problems you're trying to solve for today with your teams? Well, we just solved some problems actually architecturally with our um, on-prem infrastructure. We have a product called the Privileged Access Service, which includes a, a, a PAM vault and basically the on-prem architecture allows for multiple active web nodes or multiple active web tiers of the application so that uh, customers can have more availability uh, high availability scenario scenarios for their on-premise on-premises environments Um, so it's really something cool Um, it's almost similar to having cloud-first technology, but on-prem. We really modeled it close to our, our SaaS deployment ma- model over the privileged access service, which um, you know has really high uptime. Um, you can do all types of disaster recovery scenarios as well as you know high availability, not only at the web tier, but other tiers like your our job scheduler tier, as well as um, your communications tier. And if you really want to get deep into your database tier, you can also put that in HA and uh, set it up for DR um, for with Postgres. So, uh, you know, that's one problem. We also have a lot of different problems in PAM in general, in the vault space. I, I specialize in vaults. So we do a lot of, uh, hey, let's tackle things like SSH key management. Let's rotate SSH keys. That's something re- recently we have been tackling. We're improving things like uh, remote access to target systems using RDP. So we have a lot of RDP enhancements coming out, like uh, being able to remote into a target system without actually going to our application um, and logging into the website um, is one. Or being able to do a remote uh, RDP session and copy paste images and text, uh, you know, a little bit of enhancements here and there so it, our users have better user experience and can we can fulfill more use cases um, so that 
you know, especially right now in this this coronavirus, uh, remote access and vault security seems to be very important uh, to a lot of the industry. Yeah, it seems that with with more of the workers being remote, um, obviously people are scrambling to figure out how to secure that. And you mentioned things like RDP. I remember in the first couple of weeks of uh, you know the pandemic, you saw you know, through things like Shodan and a couple other internet scanning services, all of a sudden there was a spike of RDP ports, which you know right. as a security guy, it makes me my, the hair on the back of my neck kind of stand up. I'm like, oh gosh, what are they doing to secure that? Um, right. You know how. how <laughs> How do you get in line with, um, you know, deployment teams that are saying like, oh, we just got to get it out. We have to get out. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, you need to think through this a little bit further. You can't just put something out there without the right type of authentication. How do you kind of essentially bake in that security or at least build in those discussions? Right. Well, you know, for Centrify, we really – we really like the you know remote access approach where you don't really need VPN to access your systems. However, your systems are still secure inside of your network. Um, we use a lot of uh, a good technology called a connector, and this connector you can think of it like a jump host. So we use you know a lot of jump host type of technology so that you know you can still access internal systems um, and jump through an internal connector or another system right to access them and basically you're going to secure that access point right you can hey uh, mfa we can throw mfa in front of the box we can throw mfa uh for login we can throw mfa for anyone who wants to check out an account credential and then use it to log in we can throw mfa right before they check that thing out and speed the password of that credential. So there's a lot of ways that Centrify will help with the security posture. It's not just giving you the remote access, but it's also allowing you to uh, secure your remote access um, using jump hosting technology, multi-factor authentication, um, and different policies that we have, like uh, you know managing rotation of credentials so that uh, everybody doesn't have you know credentials on a sticky note. Um, and you can you broker all connections basically through this vault. So, yeah, a lot of it, too, comes down to, from what I'm hearing, is, is it's to making it a little bit more seamless to the user. I think that's one of the things when mm-hmm. it comes down to credentials is people Absolutely. are just like, I, I can't remember my password. It's difficult. Right. And they throw their hands in the air. And then, yeah, they're, they're, they're storing in a text right. file tons of passwords. Yes. In a text file, an Excel spreadsheet, a notepad, uh, you name it. I've seen it. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen craziest things, you know, even, you know, so, you know, we find ourselves putting things in, in, in things like confluence. You're like, wait, that doesn't go in the wiki type of, <laughs> like that does not go there. Yeah. And I've seen, <laughs> Let's put this in a vault. I've yeah. seen my own security teams. They're like, well, it's not a big deal. You know, this is, I'm like, right. it's. It's a bad habit. <laughs> right. It's a horrible habit. Yeah. You never know what system you accidentally exposed by just putting it on a text file. So, yeah. so you know, even you know, stepping back further, like how did you even – like what was some of your early kind of interest in technology? You know, um, what, what kind of drove hmm. you to this versus – all the other things, you know, one of the things uh-huh. you know, certainly is uh, is the challenge now is when we look at diversity, both in just right. about every factor in technology. You know, one of the problems our yeah. says is we don't have enough, you know, analysts or security people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're like approaching it right where we're not making it inclusive enough. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the key things that 
got me interested in technology in general were a the you know financial <laughs> you know gains you can get but b um the I really had a uh, interest in artificial uh, intelligence, AI robotics, um, and I wanted to actually find a good program for AI and robotics. And uh, there was a lot, but there was one school in particular I really had my eye on at really specialized in black women, uh, Spelman College out in Atlanta. And I just, I took the leap of faith after um, I, I was more interested in coding. I got an associate's like, for electronics, but I really was interested in coding um, and artificial intelligence. And so I took the leap of faith and applied to Spelman College and, you know, got in. And I, I went out there and I moved across the country from California in the Bay Area to Atlanta. And I went for it and joined the robotics team and competed internationally. So I, I'm here in cybersecurity, but I started, honestly, my journey started with coding and AI. So. <laughs> gotcha. Were there any particular mentors you had along the way that that would particularly encourage? You? I find that that's the one thing that comes out a lot in the podcast is that people say, "Look, you know, in early, yeah. one of the early ones is you know, it's kind of standing on the shoulder of giants." That we all kind of get a little help along the way. I had a lot of help from so Spelman College is a really really close knit community, um, really nurturing environment. I had quite a few professors there that were not even just leading in general, like there's Dr. Andrea Lawrence. She actually was one of the first black women to get PhD from Georgia Tech. Um, there's Professor Charles Hardnett. Um, there's Dr. Andrew Williams. There's Dr. I mean, there's Arreta Kearse. There's, I can go down all of the professors, James Hill. Uh, there, you know, <laughs> there's so many professors that have helped me at that college. Um, technically moving forward um, because I really was just lost looking to complete a degree um, and you know someone like Charles Hardnett will take me and be like why are you doing two different degrees and getting a bachelor like why go for computer science and computer engineering just finish computer science and go for your master's later right so um, I have professors take me, you know, and really put me under their wing and say, hey, here's the game of golf. Dr. Andrew Williams took me out and here's the game of golf. You'll probably need to learn it in this field. Right. So and it's not just technically people have, you know, they they invest in your interest. You like music. Have you seen this course on music technology? Go and check this out. It's, you know, while you're here at Spelman. So. Um, a lot of professors shaped me, and most of them were based out of the computer science department. There's also a, a dean, uh, Dean P. Dean Disclose, she me out. Um, and also, we had a, you know, a great president, Beverly Tatum, you know, and we were close, actually. Me being on that robotics team, I was close with the president of the college, so got to go to dinners and stuff. So it was, you know, a great experience, and I had a lot of mentors, and I was lucky, actually very lucky well it sounds like you, you didn't hesitate to kind of reach out and get involved i think there, no. there's that that which I, I see a lot of people struggle with with like oh, i can't grow in the industry i'm like you got to get out there and meet people you have to it's it's pertinent you know 
Mm, so, you know, I, I think we, we're hopefully seeing some changes now. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the country that's, you know, there's a lot of discussions that should have been happening for a long time are finally happening. But, you know, I think a lot of it, there's a lot of, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, you know, kind of just ingrained biases that, that have kept a lot of people away from technology. Um, mm-hmm. And do you feel that that's getting better or are there other things that we could do to make that better? So for things like science technology, you know, for STEM programs and things like that, that can make it more attractive to more people. Yeah. You know, I used to back in college participate a lot in like camps for children. Uh, There was one camp called the care camp, like computer and robotics education where we would have like, you know, kids from middle school and, you know, maybe even some elementary school kids come in and really uh, show them different things that they can do at their age, um, playing with things like coding video games, uh, Lego Mindstorms type of stuff, competitions with Legos Mindstorms, uh, you know, computer trivia games or, you know, and nowadays there's so many more things going on. Like there's things like, you know, Girls Who Code, Black Girls Who Code. There's all types of different organizations that that really are involved in the community um, and are actually, you know, trying to not only help young girls and women, but, you know, also minorities. And anybody who really wants to get involved in technology, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that they can take um, and, and find that actual, uh, you know, recognition of, hey, uh, my, my kid or my nephew or my cousin, or even if you're, you're over a certain age, you can still get into tech right now. Like you can be any age if you want to learn. Tech is in in one of those industries where you got to keep learning though. Keep that in mind, but Hey, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting field. Um, if you like to solve problems, it's perfect for, um, you. And I would say, you know, try it out and, uh, get out there and try to get involved in one of these programs and see if it's it's for you really uh, if you want to get involved so um, that's usually my spiel <laughs> <laughs> well it's usually good it's it's you know it's it's there's a lot of these programs and I, I try to do a lot of mentoring and things like that just getting involved with with everybody to say look it's uh, <laughs> kind of have to check your ego at the door a little bit uh, no matter how yeah. far you get in this industry you're always having to learn something new and I find out at least, and I'm curious, in your perspective, I, I've gotten a lot of growth by helping other people because it forces me to think through problems. Like, oh, yeah. I have to teach. So if I have to teach somebody something, I have to really make sure I know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I heavily believe in mentorship. And one of the uh, other days, it's funny you brought this up. I have a friend that reached out to me and they were asking me for some advice. And I ended up giving them the same advice that um, I had for someone else and actually a week later I end up needing the exact same advice for myself (laughs) so it's almost like you know it's crazy but you're right like the more you help others you help yourself um and then you can also help others uh, other others (laughs) yeah you know it kind of has that ripple effect is Mm -hmm. there any you know for people that are getting involved in the field do you have any particular advice about you know things they should focus on mindsets approaches uh, to security and technology that, that you said, geez, I, I wish somebody had told me this, you know, years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I really wish that someone had told me probably towards the beginning of my career how important it is 
to have people that you look up to in the field that maybe look like you um, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I not until recently have seen people that actually look at me in higher positions of executive leadership, for example. Um, so I would say, you know, let's all reach out to each other. And if someone's reaching out and they look like you or they have similar interests as you, they, and they need mentorship, I mean, that is really important. And it is important to seek it and ask for help. Because I think a lot of people just afraid to ask for help and even myself I don't want to ask for help sometimes you got to ask for help and even the people who give help have to ask for help <laughs> which is really crazy you know um but you know that's my 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 go-to thing is if you really want to get into this field uh, talk to other people that have done it uh try to figure out you know what might be best for you um you know because there's a lot of different there's a lot of different avenues just in cybersecurity that you can take. Um, there's a lot of different fields in technology that aren't cybersecurity that may interest you more. Um, so I would say if you want to come to this field, be open-minded, uh, come in ready to learn. Um, you know, that's a daily thing. Um, look for, you know, people that are like you that you can connect with that might even be your peers or below right and at some point you need to reach out to people and be that mentor um and I, it's a cycle so um i don't know if that helps but that's no it does. <laughs> it's it's you know it's just kind of seeking out asking for help it's one thing where everybody thinks that at some point you're gonna have this magical moment where you know everything and i find the more mm -hmm. i'm in this the less i know <laughs> right 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 no yes and, the more you learn, you're like, oh no, I really don't know this at all. Yeah, and then you know, <laughs> I you know, going back to my, I started in the '90s with things like you know Windows NT, and I got to a good point. I knew it really well. Then all of a sudden, cloud comes around and kicks my butt right. because I suddenly have to relearn everything, and there's that constant right. feeling of I have to start over again. Right. Yeah, and, and you, know, you know, now it's like the container world, right? Uh, like everything. <laughs> So, yeah. Like first it was the Hadoops and the big data, and I was like containers and <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's every every couple of years there's a new thing and you gotta learn that thing. So yeah, Sorry. and then learn, and then try to figure out how to secure it after they implement implement it, which is always always Absolutely. fun. Yeah, right. you, you right. touch on a good point too about you know like the 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 demographics and dynamics of a lot of these organizations, and uh, I, I think that's that's an important point because it's funny when I started you know really looking at my customers or folks I'd be dealing with in you know higher level decision making situations of whether it was legal compliance risk mm -hmm. management they were all of a sudden not looking like me just being you know middle-aged white guy there was change which i think it's finally starting to like kind of get this this momentum but um all of a sudden i was kind of the odd man out and so it's finding mm -hmm. saying geez you know as i build uh, a team and as i'm looking for products and solutions it can't just be my view or my way of thinking, like I have to get more just diversity in my my way because I'm not necessarily seeing how somebody across the other side of the table's seeing or feeling things. So for me to kind of bring as much inclusive around, help me connect better with my customers, and I, I think there's just a mm -hmm. huge a huge aspect of that that we could do in, in Sour. Just you know, finding out other people's perspectives. All of a sudden, you start finding, oh wow, I my way is not the only way. Right. Right. There's a lot of different perspectives and the ways that you can actually tackle things. The more diverse I feel like our um, industry gets, the more you'll see that. And the more you we allow 
diversity, inclusion, and people to speak up that are diverse, that are normally in the background, normally shy, um, bring them to the forefront. And maybe we find out some more things. Maybe we solve things differently. Um, so I don't know. That's just a little bit of my little brain. No, I, I like it too. It, it, and one thing that w- that was that I'm, I'm focusing more on this year too is just mm-hmm. the overall. You know, we're we're all in a crazy period about a health crisis, but yeah. there's also the kind of unappreciated. Uh, yeah, at least what I'm seeing is the unappreciated aspects of the mental health uh, aspect to everything we're going mm-hmm. through, and just in cyber in general, it seems to be something that's not talked about enough. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to yeah. be giving a presentation on it in a couple months at one of the conferences, but it's it seems to be a an issue that's not addressed. What yeah. where have you seen that in the industry, and, and what are some some aspects that you have on that? I have seen some pretty bad mental health issues. Not only, you know, I have experienced things from anxiety to depression, depending on what's going on, stress-related stuff, right? And and it comes in spurts and, you know, it doesn't, and it comes when it wants to come. And and it's, it's a thing that happens in our industry. There's a lot of friends that I have that have had either a mental break or had to I got to take off work for a few months type of thing. I got to go on a hiatus because I cannot deal, right? I just cannot deal for some reason or another. It could be stress. It could be deadlines. It could be your relationship issues, personal issues, everything combined together, family, uh, disease, illness, all these things, especially right now. If you think about right now, everything is compiled on you. You're at home. You're stuck. You can't talk to people. You have to talk remotely. Can't see people like this mental health thing right now that people are going through is crazy. And, uh, for myself, I've had to deal with it by reaching out. I reach out to my friends. I I have regular Zooms with different groups of friends uh, from everything from happy hours to real parties, anything to keep my mind off of work. Please, let's do anything else, right? Let's not talk about any tech, right? I know we're on tech. We're forced to be on the tech. And usually I'm one of the first, like, I want to get off of the computer. Let me go somewhere else. I might touch another technical thing, but I'm not touching the computer, right? <laughs> um, now it's like, okay, I still have to be on the computer, but now I'm not interacting with coworkers. I'm interacting with friends. Um, I'm taking a break. I'm walking more. I'm going on longer walks. Uh, with a, if I'm with my family, I go on a long walk with my, make sure we all go together, right? Let's all go for a 30, 40 minute walk. Uh, let's meditate in the morning type of thing. Like I just sit in the morning and just think um, before I start, you know, my day. You know, there's things you can do to change um, your your own mental health. Like one of my friends I just talked to the other day, he's in New York. He's like, you know, to, for my health, you know, I'm in New York and I can't bike, I can only bike a couple months of the year. I'm going to move to Phoenix. I'm going to find a job and my job is going to allow me, you know, I'm going to work out with my job. I'm going to move, you know, to a whole different state where I can, A, have the space and property that I want and I can get the education for my kids that I want. And also I can bike whenever I want all year long. Yeah, it might be hot, but I can bike, you know? (laughs) So uh, I'd say, you know, find what makes you happy for me. It's music. I, 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 it's music from friends. I, I play music for my friends. I, I, I try to learn this, this quarantine, how to DJ, for example, I, I'm not great, but <laughs> I sure in the heck want something to do other than work. And with my friends, they love music. Let me play it for you. I got a playlist guys. I, I've been working on, you know, so hey, find your outlets. 
Um, take your breaks when you need them. If you have health benefits, seek out counseling. Um, I seek out counseling every once in a while when things get rough, especially if there's any deaths or diseases. Uh, I really seek out counseling during those type of times. So um, there's only other thing I can say is Whoopi Goldberg um, once said one thing on her show was uh, every day all you can do is be your best. And just remember that every day all you can do is be your best. You can't do anything but be your best. Yeah, so. there's there, there's that. We, I think we put an unnecessary lot, you know, pressure on all, especially in cyber. It's just like, oh, uh, we yeah. again, we have to know everything, we have to protect everything, every, you know, and it's it's coupled with the fact of now we have a you know national health crisis. You're stuck inside. Your kids might not be going back to school. It's yeah. you know, it's it's always a thing of control what you can, right? Yep. <laughs> and yep. control what you can. Yeah, and you know when when you kind of look towards. Uh, the future. I mean, do you think that we're going to come out of here you know, better with a lot of these things? You know, one of the things that you, you brought up that I think resonates a lot of our discussions, like asking for help. You know, is that something that you think, or at least hope for, that people are going to get better at? And I say, just yeah, I'm just not having a good day, or I need help in my career. That it seems now more than ever, people need to be asking for help and giving help. I feel like they need to be asking more, and I feel like for me personally, I can only you know, judged by what I've seen. I've seen a lot more people reach out to me for help on something, um, on anything. And it's not always technical. Um, or or I see them and I need to reach out. I've been reaching out more than I normally do because I'm normally an aloof person that, you know, does my own thing. And I love to hang out with my friends. I'm a very social creature, but I also like to say to myself sometimes, but now I find myself like, what's my friend doing? Is she okay? Or is he okay? Let me call. Hey, do you want to get on Zoom? Let's, let's, let's meet on Zoom. You know, so I think it, it is changing um, this, 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 this isolation socially makes people actually want us to reach out more. Right? So. Yeah, it's it, funny. It, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> folks from, from, you know, like, Pass. Mm -hmm. I, I've been in more contact with people I hadn't talked to. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. Like, yeah, just checking in, just seeing how that. And it's, <laughs> I, it's. I, I'm hopefully, I'm hopeful that that's a continuing trend. And even people in I the industry so. that said, "Hey, look, I, I, I'm even having a problem with this thing." And it's, you know, we're seeing yeah. this new type of uh, threat vector come in. I'm like, good. We should be sharing more. Why were we not doing this? Yeah. Yes. And you know, with more remote workers, um, and and you know. How, who knows how long we're going to be working remote and not going to client sites and doing all this stuff with more remote work, you actually end up spending more time with your family and friends and learning things that you never learned about them, um, which I think is a positive. It, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not great because, you know, you're stuck, but if you do have your small circle of friends, you know, you're like, well, I know you guys are safe. I'm safe. Like, let's, Let's at least be together. We don't have to be all in each other's space, but I just want to see you, right? I just want to experience being around you for a bit. Um, and you actually, you know, for me, me and my mom, you know, we're already close, but I spent a week with her and I'm like, I need, I need to see my mother. Like, I'm going to go see my mother. I don't care if she's a senior. Like, I will corner my teen myself for two weeks, three weeks, I'm gonna go see my mom and we're gonna spend time together. Let's watch whatever movies we wanna watch. What do you mean with fix your, your audio setup? Let me, you know, you know oh, your, your power cable's not working. You know, <laughs> let me help everything. Yeah. Are you set, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's you know, my my thoughts there on that. Do you, do you also think that, you know, 
this you know the security landscape is going to change and like how you know what what are some of the things you think we're going to have to ad- adopt to I mean, obviously we have more of a remote workforce are there other types of things that kind of come to your mind say you know a lot of what we used to do might not be as much of a, a risk anymore but there might be new things are there other things that i say worry is a strong word but like you know, say hey we got to watch that going forward now that we're, we've changed to more of a remote workforce yeah you know i think i've seen an increase in spammy type of phone calls, emails, texts. Um, like my mom gets them and she calls me and she's freaking out. I'm like, it's okay. It's you never like, like, like the, the phone company would never call you and ask you for money, you know, and, and tell you right now to give it to them. That, that would never happen like that. You know, like, <laughs> like you would have warnings that you didn't pay your bill, you know, like things like that. I see a lot of that. They look out for scammers. Scammers are everywhere right now. Right now is the best time to scam. If you ask me, yeah, we I'm saw a scammer. That. I'm hitting now. The, tw- hitting the, Twitter one, the Twitter one yesterday. I mean, they're, they're just out in full force. <laughs> And I'm so, giving you wherever I can. Social media is the best way to scam you. Matter of fact, I can get your picture. Yeah, and it says, you know, we I saw one recently in an organization where where they had um, you know warning went out to to folks about a um, a Zoom you know Zoom Zoom oh, meeting protocols. Zoom bombing. Yeah, well oh, they yeah. were saying like you need to be. <laughs> we want to make sure everybody has um, is following the correct protocol for dress codes on Zoom meetings. Please oh. follow this link that you're because uh, we've had a lot of complaints and log in and make sure you you know you follow the policy. And it was a, it was a scam to do credentials, <laughs> sc- but it kind of it, yeah. it you know preys on people's uh, anxiety and fears right now, which almost yeah. goes back to that other thing of you know, kind of resetting yourself and not being so reactive to every little thing that you see Everything. because that's what Think they're looking it. for. <laughs> if it feels wrong, it's probably wrong. Like if your first gut felt weird, go with your gut. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, if it's something super important, I bet you would know. Yeah. Right. Like if you missed your mortgage payment, I bet you would know. Like, you know, you didn't pay your electricity bill. I bet you would know you didn't pay it. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Well, awesome, Angie. I really appreciate taking the time today. Where can people find you online? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I am all over. LinkedIn is probably the best. Andrea Roberson uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have an official website, but LinkedIn is going to be the best way to find me. You can... Search on and LinkedIn, Andrea Roberson. Hold on, I can find you the exact link. Um, yeah, I have that too. And I think, yeah, it's uh, Andrea Roberson. Yeah, it's LinkedIn. yeah, it is. I think it's just <laughs> Andrea Roberson. And there's no T in that last name. Um, yeah, it's all Andrea Roberson. So. Awesome. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. And I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for joining us today on Cybersecurity Interviews. I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Please go to cybersecurityinterviews.com where you can find every episode, including show notes and links for each guest. There you can also find social media links and to sign up for new episode notifications. Thanks. We'll talk soon.